Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of Epilogues and Epiphanies, a show where we'll explore questions about life, the universe, and being human through the lens of TV and film. I'm your host, Lindsay McPherson. This week, my guest is Samantha Thomas. She is a self-proclaimed Enneagram 9 therapist, and I love her, and I think you guys will too. A couple of quick notes before we jump into today's episode. Today's movie is Encanto. So if you have not seen Encanto, you should definitely watch it before you listen to this episode. The other thing we reference a lot in this week's episode is the Enneagram, which is a personality typing system. Uh, So if you are less familiar with the Enneagram, it might not hurt. While you're listening to this episode, Google the names of the different types. Please don't Google while driving. Um, PSA. So without further ado, Welcome to our first episode. Here we go. I I'm excited, but I also Me don't too. know. I also don't know what I'm doing. Like that's totally I'm ex- fine. I'm just excited to talk to you, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So same. I'm ready for it. I have a whole page of notes. It's amazing. Um, and I started putting together a rubric, and I was like, okay, Samantha, you need to maybe channel a little bit more of like my my oh. other Enneagram components because I'm like I'm really heavy in my one right now oh you're you're in good company, you're in good company. <laughs> yes. yes oh my gosh that's amazing so this is Sam yes uh, this is my friend Sam everyone she is a therapist um mm-hmm. we met in grad school so long ago now which is crazy yeah Oh, we have so much to say. Um, Yes. (laughs) Yes. So tell us a little bit about like you as a person. Yes, I am an Enneagram nine. Um, Historically, I've leaned really far into my wing one, have some of that in me. Um, And I didn't have a lot of wing eight. But then I married someone who is an eight and my wing eight has been growing over time. So I'm finding more balance between one, eight, and my nine, I think, is growing to like tolerate that and embrace it when it's necessary because sometimes it is. It's been a really good skill as I've been getting further into being a therapist because sometimes... Sometimes there are uncomfortable moments and hard truths that have to be said for the good of everyone involved. Mm. So embracing my eight, embracing my one, but I'm very much a nine. I like that you were like, I'm married to an eight, so my eight (laughs) is growing. And I'm just like, oh, that sounds like a journey. That's so cool. When you consume media, what are the kind of things that really are interesting to you? Like, are there certain themes that you find yourself really drawn to or that you always like hook into as Samantha the nine with some eight wings yes. and some one and some three tendencies? Yes, absolutely. So I think I find myself focusing a lot on the relationships between characters. Um, so anything with interesting relationship dynamics, I find myself really into. Um, and I think that's something Disney has gotten better and better at over time um they are heavy hitters lately yes we're going straight in so yeah what are we talking about today what's what's your like selected movie slash tv show that we're going to talk about today yes Encanto which I'm so excited um because I know 
Disney has been going sort of down this path, like inside out, brought in a lot of relational stuff, a lot of psychology. Holy cow. Holy cow. Indeed. <laughs> in condo. Yes. I wasn't ready. No. It was, oh, here's this movie. I wonder what this is. And then just gut punches the whole way. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I guess for anyone that's been living under a rock. Yes. Anto came out in December of 2021, like end of the year. I think so. Yeah. The music is by Lin-Manuel Miranda. So good. So good. We've got kick off with this like big storytelling number that's just yes this is how I want my background information delivered yes thank you yes in a catchy tune in a catchy tune with like lots of rhythm and some rapping in the middle Mm -hmm. and what is your version of this in like 60 seconds or less okay so I wrote it down I would say it's a Disney movie that feels like a musical Probably because Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the music and you could Mm -hmm. so easily picture the characters on the stage, Um, but Mm -hmm. about a multi-generational family where all the biological members underneath the matriarch have these magical gifts, except for the main character, Mirabelle. And so we kind of follow her on her journey Um, and how this unresolved trauma like squishes the family members into um, like oversimplified roles that don't make space for. Um, And then you can see that sort of slowly causing this family to drift apart before they're torn apart in a major way. And then spoilers resolved and repaired by the end. So (sighs) deep, heavy, light, colorful, fun, complicated. Colorful, very complicated also funny yes yeah it's a it's a lot of things yes for sure we start with mirabelle and you know like you said everyone has this gift they're really strange Um, yes i don't know if it's really a gift that the one aunt has weather powers that are affected by her emotions specifically stress Mm -hmm. it seems like oh i have such a soft spot for that character because she reminds me so much of Um, like the sensitive person in a family where they can pick up on the vibe and maybe for other types, like I know for me as a nine, I've gotten some practice at like withdrawing or like keeping my emotions inside if I need to, but oh, Mm -hmm. I have a soft spot for the people in the family who just can't hide it. It's like on their mm-hmm. face. People can see what they're feeling. They like wear their heart right on their sleeve. Yeah. And that aunt really reminds me of that like family role. You can't like ignore what's going on when she's feeling something. It is in your face. What are some things on this journey that you found either funny or weird or like they could be like a serious kind of questionable mm-hmm. I mean there's there's a lot there's a lot in this movie I don't even know where to where to start with my list so yeah so many different directions um I think part of what I I think something that stood out to me this last time that I was watching through like which characters I resonated with at different periods of my life and which characters remind me of people that I care about and different phases of like of life for people that I care about my sisters close friends I've had over the years and I think there's something so 
moving to me about this movie that everyone gets to be really complex by the end of the movie mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. yes yeah. even even what maybe Disney in the past would have done by creating a villain someone to conquer or someone to overcome in this movie the person that, that has the most tension surrounding her abuela there's this really beautiful raw so raw cry every time at this part the raw expansion of the viewer's perspective of her her life mm-hmm. lifetime experience uh, she isn't yeah. just this like rigid older woman but she was this younger mm-hmm. woman who went through this really traumatic experience and her mm-hmm. her humility of apologizing I think that scene by the river is what I just like keep coming back to in my mind. And I think there's something so powerful. I just noticed this the last time I watched it, which again was probably the fifth time of, I don't think they even had access to get back to the river until that rock was split. What a metaphor, right? I didn't notice that either, but I, I think you're right. There is a lot of things we can't get to until we are forced yes. to look at things. I think I I find myself like trying to actively cultivate mm-hmm. compassion uh for Abuela because like she's just trying to hold it mm-hmm. all together. Um I just think about like why is she gripping so tight? So intense. Life before the magic or the encanto was I was on the run for my life with my three children and my yes. husband died. Like, okay, uh-huh. King's movie. Um, then there's this like this magic, this hope that happens, and and there's this cool commitment of the family to share the gift mm-hmm. with the community. And um it came to save the family, and then it turns into this thing that is squishing. Squishing is such a good word everyone is just holding on by like the edge of their Mm -hmm. fingers and it's there's other situations and things in the world right now where it feels like you know people trying to preserve the thing for the Mm. sake of the thing even though it's not really serving its original purpose anymore it's that whole if I have not love like what Mm -hmm. what am I doing like if this isn't doing that anymore, we're we're mm-hmm. missing it. And the magic says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You guys are like way off. This is not why I." It's almost like it says, "Uh, you're missing the point." Um, and it seems like, you know, if we talk about Bruno, <laughs> um, <laughs> like you know, Bruno was kind of there to be a revealing be some talking about mm-hmm. you know, these things some confrontation and that didn't work right and the magic was like okay I guess I'm gonna have to get a little more serious because you're you're starting to lose the way mm-hmm. starting to miss the point of why I came to help and you know preserve this family mm-hmm. I love this imagery of you talking about Bruno being like the the seer because that that's part of his gift but also his role in the family in a lot of ways is to be the truth teller which is a really oh that's a heavy heavy role it yeah 
<sighs> yeah. Yeah. Bruno is trying to tell them something. Um, yeah. And he's not even sure what um, mm-hmm. sometimes. But yeah, no. But, oh my gosh. When <laughs> I just think about the first time we meet him, his character, and he's like, I don't even remember the names, but like someone else fixes the cracks and, and he's not afraid <laughs> of anything. And he like wears a bucket on his head and he's like, He's like, and I'm, I'm Jorge. I make the spackle or something. Uh-huh. Like, it's just like, it's just so funny. There's just, and that's the thing. Like the, like you said, again, I think it's this like beauty of the complex. Like mm-hmm. we all contain, like I, I'm a helping lead a, an Enneagram workshop tomorrow. And, so cool. Which is, which is going to be interesting and fun. Um, But like, you know, this idea that, really we're not we aren't our type like we all are all of it Mm -hmm. um we just resonate more with some of those like uh core values or or core needs um Mm -hmm. more so than others but we really we all contain all of these things and that's why I think so many people don't like typing systems or Mm -hmm. they don't feel like they fit because it's like people always kind of assume my house is clean all the time because I'm very organized and like, you know, I mm-hmm. run with a schedule. I, I work that calendar. Um, yes. But I'm like, nah, it's clean sometimes. And I wish it was clean all the time, but like, mm-hmm. it looks like the inside, you know, so there's like this feeling of, and you kind of said it early on that everyone only can be this one thing at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, And we kind of start to see as Mirabelle's, I'm going to go fix this thing. Mm-hmm. And she's, I love the humor of like, wait, how do you fix this? Like, this is <laughs> yes. like intangible idea of a thing. And I'm just going to storm off and go do it. She's like, wait, how do I do that? And where do I start? Where do yeah. I? And so she just starts talking to her family and learning so much more about all of them. And by the mm-hmm. end, they're just all, they're all messy. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. some of them literally. Literally, um, yes. Which is so fun. Something but. that I really enjoyed about like Mirabelle and Bruno meeting was just like what you were talking about with Bruno being the seer. Mirabelle is very much like the seer of the next generation, not as her gift, but almost like emotionally or relationally the seer. She's seeing where everyone is at. Like she's open to whatever they're putting out. Yeah. And it might take her some work like with Isabella because there's been so much competition and like conflict between the two. But Mirabelle and Bruno meeting and the two seers, I could almost feel like Bruno knows the weight of what it's like to be the seer, to be kind of the scapegoat of the family like the black sheep Mm. and he from my understanding part of the reason why he left was to prevent Mirabelle from becoming that person and so like those two seers meeting each other and like teaming up to save the day I don't know It, it felt really to me it felt really good of seeing can be a gift And um, I know from getting to know you like during grad school and during internship and all that stuff, you're so observant too. And 
sometimes it can be so hard to see things that other people don't see, especially when it's stuff that people cracks, cracks in the foundation, Mm -hmm. especially when it's like the candle flickering, when something that the family values or the group values to be the person that says, oh, something's off here and it really deserves our attention. That is such a heavy thing to put in a kid's movie. Seriously, though, all the stuff in this movie is like, but also I just literally like you're talking about Bruno leaving so that he doesn't reveal something about Mirabelle that would make her like not a part of the family. Yes. And he's behind the scenes, though, still covering Mm. up the cracks. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that. Like, you Mm. know, like this thing is breaking and he's still trying to hold it together and i just yeah they're they're so interesting and she's he's like just hoping for like all right just let leave me alone like you you got to go back try to try to save the day if you can but like i i don't know and she's like no 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 i'm going to figure this out and you're coming home like yes here at epilogues and epiphanies we are fans of transparency and learning new things That means sometimes the first time we try something, it doesn't always go according to plan. And our video call cut off a little bit and we lost a little bit of conversation flow. So please jump back in with us as we pick up talking about the sisters. Mainly I was starting to think about the sisters. Mm. If those are the seers of the family, like kind of, you know, you mentioned how everyone gets a little more complex as we go and I think the first sister she talks to is Louisa Louisa Louisa? Uh uh-huh yes oh my goodness Louisa uh could you relate to her oh that song was unnecessary (laughs) uh, I was like I'm just sitting here trying to watch a Disney movie Lin-Manuel Miranda did not need to punch me in the gut yeah I'm so curious how it resonated Oh, I, it was just like a lot of things, like things I had thought about, but not on a level that he goes into. Cause like, I'm trying to even think of the, the words. There's a tendency for types. Like, so I'm a one and like my tendency of being a perfectionist is something that society really likes. Absolutely. So reinforced. It is so reinforced. So growth is fun. Um, when everyone is telling you like, like, no, actually, we like it when you're like, you know, burning the candle at both ends or mm-hmm. like, we would prefer you hyperproductive. It's good for us. Please hold everything together. Please Thanks. hold everything together. But there's also a tendency to like, it's really hard to not want to wear that almost like a like a cape really mm-hmm. like and she kind of starts off there with like she's like she says I'm the strong one I'm not nervous mm-hmm. I'm tough like mm-hmm. I got and just that identification with kind of this role she's been pressed into is how she she starts off she's like listen I do all the big stuff like I, mm-hmm. the things on my list, you couldn't even, you couldn't touch. And right. um, which is literally true in the movie. Yeah. Literally no one else can lift what she lifts. Right. 
Yeah. She just kind of goes through all this stuff. And I, you know, the right thing is to help people to be of service. Mm -hmm. And and to some degree, that's true, but like not just unfettered. Mm -hmm. Drive you into the Like losing yourself. Yeah. Losing sight of your needs. Yeah. The words that he says, it'll never stop. Lin-Manuel is a little more specific in his song lyrics than like some of the normal Disney stuff. Like he'll really get into yes. it with the story. Just, I mean, I'm the older sister. Mm-hmm. Give it to your sister. Your sister's older. Give her, mm. like, give her all the stuff. And then this idea of your identity being so tied to what you've been tasked with in the family mm-hmm. is so, ugh. and it, it, I'm learning that we, we all have scripts and we play mm-hmm. them wherever we go. Like yes. wherever we, and it's, oh, it's so annoying. Mm-hmm. And I love how that's captured in the movie too, that these aren't just rules within their home. These are rules, rules that they're known by in their entire community. Yes. yes. Yeah. The whole community that those are scripts that follow them. Just like the older sister, you can handle it script mm-hmm. followed you. And I, I witnessed that during our like internship time together. They're like, Lindsay's got it. She can figure it out send you like the hard cases and you got it yes yeah 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 I can see you like overlapping with Louisa in her role in the family yeah I also love Mirabelle again showing up it's like she just pokes the bubble and is like are, are you okay mm-hmm and then ends with kind of sobbing and hugging her just I just needed to say all that and, mm-hmm. and Mirabelle's yeah um you don't have to do this I just thought this whole time as Mirabelle is comforting her sister that Mirabelle is way more valuable than a little kid that can call a toucan to the dinner table like <laughs> sure. I, this whole nervousness about the next kid getting a gift and then we're so happy he got one and I'm like mm-hmm. really is it helpful? Is it I don't helpful? know. I don't know yet. Like uh-huh. he's got like a groundhog at the dinner table again and whatever. Um, yeah. But- and I think that's so interesting that you bring that up too of very much the way the family is introduced to us. We're thinking about the helpfulness and the the value of the gifts to the community and to the family. And this just popped into my head of like, is that the purpose of the gift? or any of the gifts is it Mm -hmm. solely to be helpful yeah I don't know what if some of the gifts are just for enjoyment yeah I don't know what if that could be true right we start off with telling the community this is what everyone does and this is how it's helpful and useful Yes. She says, the little kid with the coffee cup is screaming at her at the beginning of the song. (laughs) And he says, what's your gift? What do you do? And it's like, it's kind of this idea of, you know, what's the first thing someone asks you when they meet you? Like, what's your name and what is your contribution to society? Absolutely. And it's in this Louisa song too. Like she says something about Mm. um, if I could... Like, if I could shake this pressure, would that make more room for joy and relaxation? Yes. And like, like, but I don't know how to do that. Or I don't know what that's about. And she just kind of goes back. So unpracticed for her. Society will try to make everything useful and earned. Mm -hmm. And I think 
you know, there's so much value in learning to love and accept things for for what they are and for mm-hmm. who people are. You know, there's not really a purpose to lightning bugs, but they're awesome. They're awesome. And I'm so glad they yeah. exist. There's there's things that don't themselves contribute to the efficiency or the pro- productivity of society. But if everything did, I don't know that it would work. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like they give meaning to the work. Mm. and to why why are we existing why are we I think the things that feel meaningless hold a lot of meaning in the end mm-hmm. um, and and maybe maybe that makes what is his name again the little boy in the cute white suit Antonio uh, Antonio I've watched maybe this that, so many times I know all their names <laughs> that's amazing yeah maybe that makes Antonio's gift like really valuable mm. like it's you know, in the way that the, the ant's gift is to kind of be a temperature gauge for what's going on. It's not really mm-hmm. useful, like in terms of productivity, mm-hmm. um, but it's kind of this drawing attention back to bigger life things. That aunt, Pe- Peppa, um, she really stands out to me as, as someone who would sort of be like the identified patient in oh, the family. Yes. Yeah. That the family would be like, oh, we've got everything together. Louise is so strong. Isabella is so perfect. And like, everyone's got their thing. But Peppa yeah. just cannot get it together. And so yes. we need you to, to fix her in individual therapy when really it's like, yeah, oh, this family system, there's something off mm-hmm. here. You all are missing each other. And this aunt is the gauge, like you were talking about, like the temperature gauge of yeah. Something needs our attention. That absolutely would happen. No, that's and I I mean this family like we've kind of said so far just really needs to needs to breathe together a little bit. It's Yeah. That's such a good word, breathe. Yeah. Yeah, grandma needs <sighs> to breathe like a lot. Mhm. Grandma is I feel like Louisa is kind of the physical version of the emotional family version of grandma. Because she's interesting. Made she's like a brick house. Like she is like you can't touch her. She's holding it all together for everyone. And grandma's doing Mm -hmm. that. She's death gripping. And the interesting thing back to your like the aunt character, what we and most of society I would hope knows by this point is death gripping trying to keep your anxiety together and under control you know what that does it's like shaking the pot Mm -hmm. bottle like yes it is such a complex story and it's so so many Mm -hmm. threads so many threads everyone kind of gets their moments I wasn't really paying attention because they talk so fast in that first song like I had to put on the captions it's a lot it's a lot when Mirabelle says Isabella grows a flower and the town goes wild she's singing it nice and normal but she's saying like I don't get what the big deal is you Mm -hmm. know and that whole dynamic that their relationship making peace because Isabella is kind of She's the poster child. Like if Mirabelle is the black sheep, like Isabella is mm-hmm. the child. bright white hope of furthering the generations. Yeah. She was the character that 
so much, so many years of my life I resonated with. When the movie got to her song, I literally just sobbed. I had to pause the movie and cry so hard. My husband walked through the room and he was like, what is going on in here? I'm like, (laughs) perfectionism and holding it together for the family. And he's like, wow, there must be a lot in this movie. And I was like, yeah, I need to pause and cry for a while longer before I hit play again. But wow, what a character. What a character. This whole idea of what else can I do? And it's so colorful. And it's the it's imperfect so good. thing she made is this adorable little cactus. But prickly. So important. I've watched the YouTube video for the song over and over and over and over again. What else can I do? Because it just speaks to me so much. And I've read so many comments. Would it be okay if I read one of the comments that I think captures it oh, yeah, so absolutely. well? Absolutely. I don't know who to credit this to because it's randomly a YouTube comment. But whoever is... Random YouTuber... We appreciate you. Absolutely. You can probably Google it and find it. Um, But it says, as much as Louisa's song tugs fiercely at my heartstrings, the song, a more subtle echo of the same plight, is the saddest song in the movie. It's upbeat, high energy tempo and pretty imagery make you neglect to notice. It's telling a story about a girl who never stood a chance of getting to be anyone other than the role she was shoehorned into. It tells of how she's never had a say in who she gets to be. It was just decided for her. And she was so convinced that the very fate of the family hinged on the impossible ideal she needed to uphold that she was going to throw herself into a life she knew she would be bitterly unhappy in and even and never even questioned it. Never once questioned if this was really what she wanted until Mirabelle helps her see. Because of her happiness, her happy witness was never even a factor to her. Um, this um, this isn't from a place of pure selflessness, though, but from a deep-seated sense of duty and responsibility, obligation to the family, responsibility that she even that she even herself expected. She had convinced herself that this was what she wanted because whatever is good for the family is what perfect Isabella would should want. The same is, of course, said for Louisa, who is defined by her abilities and her attitudes, and she attributes them to her value. Um, but Louisa is conscientious of her fears, her insecurities, her weaknesses, and in that same vein, her hopes and dreams. She's emotionally vulnerable and knows herself intimately. Isabella does not. These are imperfect characteristics that she's not allowed to have, because anything less than perfect is not allowed to exist within her. If you had to play the role of someone who's flawless and beyond reproach for most of your life, um, eventually remnants of that persona would amalgamate with who you really are. This happened to Isabella to the extent that she could not recognize who she was anymore, but was so entrenched in this persona she crafted for herself that wasn't that she wasn't even aware of it. Her song is an anthem of someone who has long forgotten who they are finally discovering their self again and coming to ter- coming home to their self. But years later than they ever should have been, it's a melancholic victory in the sense that it begs the question, who would Isabella be if she was simply allowed to be herself from the beginning? Because yes, she changes and comes into her own light um, of the p- powers evolving, but even that is defined by her abilities. What could I do if I knew it didn't need to be perfect it just needed to be and they'd let me be is by far the saddest swear word (laughs) I don't know if you allow swear words on here line in the whole movie I think like the point of this expectation of perfection and expectations of others 
and overlapping with like Enneagram nine of loss of ability to see self or never developing the ability to see yourself. Yes. That I think this character is just like so devastating to not see yourself. Yes. To not know yourself, to not know who that is. And no one really wants you to in the family. It's not really allowed. No. So that that set of comments just like, oh, it's just like a gut punch. Oh my gosh, that was so I I need to find this person. They, yes. they they need to be a guest. Yes. Like they need to join join the squad here. Yeah. Ugh. Wow. That was they drilled all the way down on thoughts about that song. Cause it is so like she's old enough to be like getting married mm-hmm. and just realizes I can make something other than a rose. I can be different. Mm-hmm. Like I can be prickly. I can be complicated. I can be messy. I can be ugly if I want to. There's Mm -hmm. space for all of it. Mm -hmm. But never having that lens turned back on herself to be able to really see herself. I think that's so such like a devastating part of her character. And also something that like in the past less healthy versions of myself as like an Enneagram 9, I could so relate to of like the being asleep. Um, and that can look a lot of different ways. That can look like meeting everyone's expectations and excelling. Yeah. And at the same time, not being alive inside of yourself. Oh, I think the idea of being asleep for not yes. is the one that like is so, so vivid and crushing mm-hmm. to, to think about. It's, it's hard I would imagine being asleep because you you don't know what you don't mm-hmm. know even and but you know something's not right mm-hmm. you're kind of grasping for that pseudo piece yeah a little bit it's so like it's hard for the people going through it and it's also hard like watching Mm -hmm. it and I also think it's really interesting like you know she's not you're saying that Isabella wasn't allowed to be prickly or these things or imperfect Mm -hmm. what went down between Mirabelle and Isabella because Mirabelle gets along with everyone why are they like this this is very offbeat for the rest of the family Mm. they're is a messiness to Mirabelle's existence because it's just outside of the parameters absolutely I was just thinking that. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That would that would poke the bubble for sure for Isabel or Isabella. Yes. Yeah. There's so much there that like a younger version of me that really relates to being like more of an asleep nine. Um, but being like the person who has it all together and maybe some three like achieving. Those are things that really like soothed the family system and like reassured everyone that everything is fine. I do have a sister who she is a lot more like 70. She has a lot of like playful, silly, messy, fun, goofy, Mm -hmm. unrestrained, catches people like off guard kind of personality characteristics and younger, like less healthy, like nine me who really mirrored Isabella I feel Isabella's like almost jealousy of what would it yeah 
here I am holding it all together, empty on the inside, like just cold on the inside. And somebody's being silly and unrestrained and uninhibited and having fun. Ticks you off. Yes. There's like a longing, but there's especially like at less healthy level of nines, like you don't know how to get out. Like I didn't know how to get out and wake up. No. I didn't have like a path out of the dark forest of being asleep. But I saw somebody in a clearing and they're having like a great time. So I could just imagine like the Isabella really shining and shimmery and the poster child and the golden child and like getting a lot of like attention and respect and awe. But at the cost of being like up on a pedestal, like behind a glass, isolated and cold and Mirabelle's like, hugged and loved and not gifted in a way that this family really valued. Um, But she has all these intimate connections with everyone else in the family, Mm -hmm. except Isabella, who has no real connections in the family, not even with herself. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we've gone down a lot of trails, you know, expectations and, uh and norms and not confronting things and what that did to this beautiful strange cartoon magic family I think what I what I take away from that conversation that we just had but also from this movie like I kind of said at the beginning I try to really when I catch myself thinking about that movie and I am like angry at Abuela Mm -hmm. I try to practice that perspective of no 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 like she had her redemption moment and also like she was trying to Mm -hmm. she was reckoning with some trauma and fear and trying to protect family Mm -hmm. in a way that like her brain was very justified in being very afraid and feeling like she had to grip and hold it all together so I think for me watching this Mm -hmm. movie is I think my my epiphany is permission to be messy and accept Mm. the messiness and struggle of others it's so Mm. it's so well done it's like I'm probably gonna watch it a million more times Because like you said, I was just always like learning something new or picking up on like a new idea. Yeah, no, I really like appreciated your perspective of, you know, saw yourself in certain characters at different times. And like that, I think that's what this movie does Mm -hmm. really well by having such a big family is and 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 like fleshing out those characters so well is there's something for everyone to relate to and tie into this idea of I I guess forgiveness and compassion and just permission to Mm -hmm. be human and human in a family Mm -hmm. yeah I hear you I think if I had if I had an epiphany from this movie I think it would be before the repairing and resolution Mirabelle said what was true and made everyone uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She made it aware that 
repair was necessary, that what has been happening, Mm -hmm. the current norms aren't working. And I think for me, I think especially in like my own growth, repairs have important components. And in order to have a repair, you have to admit that something is off, that there's something wrong, that there's been a rupture in the relationship. And then you can bring in like the compassion, which is so important and stepping into the other person's perspective and like zooming out and getting a bigger picture of like where they're coming from and their intentions as well as their limitations, but naming Mm -hmm. that a rupture happened and that things aren't okay right now. That felt so important to me. And that can sometimes look like anger. That can sometimes look like voicing that you're feeling hurt for Mirabelle specifically, it was her voicing her own hurt, naming the hurt of the family members around her and voicing that she was mad Mm -hmm. that this is not okay. So like that building of tension, her saying, this is a real rupture. This is in need of repair. And then that making the space for the empathy and the repairs and the restoration. So I think that's my epiphany from the movie is that Mm. you have to name there's a rupture that needs to be repaired in order to repair it. You can't fix a problem. You don't admit it exists. Yes. Yeah. Which so many of the roles, so many yeah. of the, the family members were expected to use their gifts to pretend like there were yeah. no problems. Yeah. We can't ignore problems. They will come find you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Yes. Oh, that's so that's good. That's probably my epiphany. That's so good. I don't know how to end this, but we've got like five minutes. I have no idea. Like, I don't know. What do you feel like you would want to say at the end of a podcast? Because what I have to say is just thank you so much for coming. Like, I knew this would be such a great conversation. Um, one, because of the movie, but like mostly because <gasps> of you. Oh, because thank I you. just know you are such a thoughtful, caring person. And obviously Mm. you have this wealth of perspective of all these family dynamics and like you have all the terminology and that kind of thing. So I knew it would be a really rich conversation. Um, Thank you. And it was, and it was so fun. Um, So fun. But yeah, thank you for being my first podcast guest. It again, it feels like such an honor and it's been so fun to do this with you. And I'm so excited to hear the other ones that you do. Well, thank you so much. I hope we talk again soon because this was so fun. It was so fun. Thanks for having me on. You are such a delight. And I'm so excited to see where this journey goes for you of podcast hosting. We'll see. Welcome to my closet. Yes, such an honor. Have a great night. Thank you so much for joining me for the first episode of Epilogues and Epiphanies. I hope you learned something new or maybe thought a new thought and that you will have the courage to see what else you can do and try new things and have grace for the other people in your life who are also trying new things and messy and complex just like you. Have a great week and hopefully I'll see you back here soon.